Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another Craft Theology. Uh, we're glad you're here. Xander's here uh, making fun of me. I guess I say the same thing at the beginning every of every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, but we're glad to be back. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, as always, go follow us on Instagram, Craft Theology, craft.theology. Um, we put out some good content, some high-quality beverages that I'm sure you would enjoy. Uh, so go out and check those out. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at crafttheologypodcast at gmail.com. So if you listen to an episode and you're like, hey, that's not right, email us about it. I thought it was craft.theology.com or at gmail. No. Oh, all right. The Instagram is craft craft dot theology like craft period theology correct and the email is craft theology podcast oh, i thought they were both the same at gmail.com i tried to make them both the same but they wouldn't let me hmm. um so that's that hey we got uh, a lineup today so i don't know who wants to walk us through it xander or lucy but well, i guess i am Go ahead. So we got, um, this is an interesting one. I have no idea what this flavor is. I didn't even really know how to pronounce it. It's Kickapoo, and it's just called Joy Juice. And it says, get that kick. So that's our first one we got lined up. We have Dr. Brown's Cream Soda Original. That has become a staple, even though it's the first time being on the podcast. But We featured it on the Instagram. It, it's a uh, staple. A few days ago. That one will probably be the reserve, just in case someone doesn't like their drink. We have Pike's Peak Prickly Pear. Try to save that five times in a row super fast. Pike's Peak Prickly Pear. Pikes All right, Peak, we didn't need to hear pear, it. Pikes All right, Peak, Prickly Pear, Pike's Peak Prickly Pear. It's, it's not okay. that hard. We know Xander's illiterate. <laughs> you know, it's four P words right in a row. Anyway, and then finally, we have Hollywood's original Shirley Temple Soda Pop. And I guess just to describe what they all look like, the Shirley Temple is a beautiful pink. The Prickly Pear... From the bottle, it's a bit of a darker, but I'd imagine it's more of a lighter color beverage. Hopefully so, because Lucy has a problem, and she... I think it is light, because I can see through it. Yeah, let's hope so. I tried. We tried to get lighter ones, because... I appreciate it. Lucy completely judged terribly because of a darker beverage. I have my opinions. Yeah, so how are we doing this? Who wants first pick? Um, I, I mean, I don't care. We can do ladies first. Fair enough. Uh-oh. What do you want first then? Is that oh. Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was cute. Thank you. Okay. Um, Somebody, nobody grabbed a beverage. I don't. Uh, seriously, Lucy, go first. Which okay. one do you want? I want the Pikes Peak Prickly Pear. Okay. I thought that's what you would want. Thanks. Okay. I already know which one you're going to pick. I really want the Temple. Yeah. But. I know that you also want the temple. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you my hand here. Um, I got three sodas that I really like. Well, here's my thing. Have you had the Kickapoo? I don't remember. Okay, so here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm gonna. I'm gonna strategize in which one I pick. Okay. I'm sure the temple is great. Maybe could suck. So, my initial thought is I'm gonna pick the Kickapoo. So if it's disgusting. I can go to Dr. Brown's. Fair enough. Because I'm sure that the Shirley Temple's amazing. 
But the Kickapoo might be great, too. I have no idea. I don't know either. But I'm going to go take my chances and go with the uh, Kickapoo. Well, I was hoping that's a good call. I was really hoping it end up with that Kickapoo because it just sounds so interesting. I don't know what it is. Joy Juice. Get that kick. Like, I just want to know what it is. Nope. Um, that's what has me interested no in it. No part of me was interested in that. I'm so interested There's... in it. Their marketing is just Mm-mm. absolutely incredible. I don't know. So you got the Shirley Temple? Yeah. Sweet. The Shirley Temple. I'm excited for this one, too. This one looks, Let, let's, looks good. Let's crack them all in the mic at the same time. All right. Three, two, one. Oh, See wait. if we can get a real nice Sorry, I just got an email. Sound. Put phones away. I was sorry. We're in the middle of an episode. Okay. I do have a job. You're off today. Oh, okay. One, two, three. Mightn't even do anything. That was so disappointing. I think yours did, but I think it did at the same time mine did. No. And then Lucy was just way it, behind us. Oh, it's a little tough. It just smells like Sprite. Oh, that's a, that's a bit disappointing. But um, go ahead. Mine I don't know who wants to try this first. I'll try mine. Mine also smells sweet. Whoa! Taste Whoa. that kick. This is a very Shirley in the temple. What does I that taste the, uh, even it puts, mean? It puts the Shirley in I temple. I taste the aluminum from the cap. Nah, that's just that's just what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an interesting beverage. It's it's a it's like a okay. It tastes like a clear Mountain Dew, like. If the green color of Mountain Dew made a difference, um, this tastes like the ungreen version, but not the pure cane sugar one that came out. Like hmm. this is like normal Mountain Dew, minus the green food coloring. How about that? It's oh. what it tastes like. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. How's the uh, the the prickly pear? Well, I might have done myself a disservice by eating a piece of Snickers before I tasted it because I doesn't taste like anything. Oh. But. You'll let us know later. I'll let you know later. That's disappointing. I know. It happens. Um, how's the temple? It's very Shirley. I don't like that explanation. It's very cherry. I mean, I understand. Why would that, that I understand the be the cherry part of the word? I just imagine that's because just what I think. Shirley just sounds like fun. Shirley, yeah, cherry. Yeah, because the, the temple sense. is the the soda part. There we go. It's a Shirley temple, right? It's a cherry soda. Shirley correlates to cherry. The soda correlates to the. You know what someone makes me more logic. upset that that makes sense. Of course, it makes it, sense. That's why I said it. No, that's well, exactly why I said there's too much Shirley in my temple. I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Everyone's out to get me. To all of our listeners, uh, these beverages will be posted and featured on the Instagram um, in the upcoming week. So just be looking out for those, and you will see them. In all their beautiful photographed glory. And you can go out and you can get you one and you can try it. Uh, and then you can rate it along with us and see what your thoughts are. But like I said, they'll be posted out on the Instagram. So go give the Instagram a good old follow. Um, today on the episode, we're going to be talking about prayer. Um, we're kind of going to be talking about the theology of prayer. And more or less... Uh, kind of our thoughts on prayer and how prayer changes us uh, or how it has affected us like as people right mm-hmm. not not church-wide like us personally what yeah. is prayer to us 
Um, so I kind of want to start really, uh, I guess, just biblically. I want to kind of just build a biblical foundation of what is prayer. Uh, and so when I, when I first think of that, I think of two, I think of three things. I think of the Psalms. I think of uh, what people call the Lord's Prayer. And then I think of the prayer that Jesus prays while he's in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the Psalms, we see, I think, a prayer that is not practiced uh, anymore, mm-hmm. at least not regularly. And that's lamenting. We've talked about that um, before. Uh, and that's a that's an important prayer that we miss. But I think it is a crucial prayer in understanding uh, where prayer comes from and how people uh, use prayer and interact with prayer on a like fundamental level mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a basis. Then I think of the Lord's Prayer, which many of us know, the, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that whole thing. Um, I don't like calling it the Lord's Prayer because it's not. Um, to me, it's just a good example prayer. The Lord's Prayer is what Jesus prays in the garden, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, if you can take this cup from me, please yeah. do it. Uh, but if not, you know, not my will, but your will. And so I think of those three things because I really think it's those three that ultimately lay down the foundation of what is prayer. Um, And I'm going to, I guess, try to summarize all that in in what is that foundation. Uh, In Psalms, I think we ultimately see the foundation being prayer is simply a conversation between you and God. I think that is exemplified the most in the Psalms because even when David is at his best or even when he is at his worst, um, it is still, uh, just sorry. I got a weird thing on my computer. I got to get rid of before. Uh, okay. So even when David's at his best or at his worst, we see that the prayer is just a simple conversation. Uh, then when we get to the, uh, example prayer that Jesus gives, then we kind of really get this foundation of, um, you know, th- what do we pray for, mm-hmm. right? And surprisingly, nothing that Jesus says is uh, extraneous, mm-hmm. if if that makes sense. It's not like, you know, okay, I'm going to pray for a Corvette and I'm going to pray for an airplane, Right. It, it's basic stuff like like I pray that I have food to eat and a place to sleep. Um, you know, I pray that uh, I can be I can forgive people so that I can be forgiven. Um, and I pray that, you know, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Like like really yeah. basic human needs. And so I think that's important. And then when I look at Uh, what I would really consider the Lord's prayer and that's Jesus praying is the way he ends the prayer is crucial. Not my will, but yours. I think when we, when we think of prayer that way, um, then our whole mindset of what prayer is changes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, and I think there's a great piece to it as well. Cause if you're stricken with some unhealable disease, and you're praying for healing, but you end that prayer with not my will, but yours. 
for me, that's so peaceful that no matter what happens, I know it's the Lord's will that's happening. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess I don't know if I really summar- summarize that well enough, but I think that uh, is where, at least for me, I'm kind of getting a biblical foundation of prayer mm-hmm. uh, is basically from those three things. So I don't know if y'all have thoughts on that um, or if y'all want to kind of move into something else. But where are y'all at uh, when it comes to prayer, uh, either biblically or personally? We can kind of do either or. I mean, for me, I've always looked at, and you mentioned the whole passage, of especially Jesus in the garden, about to going through a very difficult and stressful time, and he literally is praying to, G- or to, to God, the Father, and he's going through this, and he does simply say, the, not my will, but yours. And I've always viewed that as my foundational piece of how I understand prayer. Because to me, and that's where I get at my biblical evidence, because to me that's exactly what I need for that. It, it's this... No matter how you pray, no matter what you believe, if your prayer is not focusing back into aligning yourself with God's will, then that's the whole point of prayer to me, is aligning yourself. So That's a great way to say that. So that's where I look at, and that's my biblical foundation, and so I'm happy that you use that, because that is a lot of where I get out of, out of it from. Lucy, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, I mean, prayer, prayer's... It's not difficult, but it's something that I'm relearning because um, growing up, my family was very big, um, like word of faith, prosperity doctrine, Mm. church. So my family was very name it, claim it, pray for the things you want to see in the world, like pray for what you want and it'll come into fruition. And um, I kind of have taught myself out of that. And it's been difficult because there are times where I'll find it difficult to quote-unquote pray because I feel like I'm not praying for something because I was taught you're praying with a request in mind and I've had to teach myself I'm not praying with a request I'm not like I've had to basically tell myself I'm not praying I'm just talking to God Hmm, right and I've had to like kind of cut that word out of my vocabulary because even the other day uh, my family texted everyone and was like hey we're praying for good weather tomorrow. Join us in prayer. And I didn't respond because I didn't have anything to say to that. And then um, one of my cousins was like, you didn't answer the chat. And how do I be like, yeah, because I don't pray like that anymore. Mm. Like I no longer pray for like requests. I was like, I don't, I don't genie my God. Mm. Right. So it's just like, no, I didn't. Um, they're like, well, when someone's asked you to pray, you pray for them. I was like, and I, I do, but what I pray and what you want me to pray are two different things. Yeah. yeah. Because I wasn't like, hey, Jesus, no rain. I was like, God, whatever you want to have happen tomorrow, let it be. Yeah. yeah. Every time I've always had people ask me to pray for a healing or any type of, you know, whether it's a healing, a financial miracle, or as simply as something as, I mean, we think of it as being kind of outlandish, but it is something like, you know, hey, pray for the weather or pray for this one specific thing. Pray that I have a parking spot. Mm-hmm. Right? I've heard those before, but I've always, I've had to kind of structure myself and it's something I've been thinking over the past couple of years. But to me, it's, I always try to pray a prayer of peace mm-hmm. rather than their actual thing they're wanting me to pray for. I just pray that they get peace in whatever their situation might be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, like, especially if we're, like, in a service and somebody has come down front. Yeah. 
Um, which obviously this hasn't happened in a long time because of uh, COVID. COVID. But when they'd come down front and they'd be like, hey, you know, I'm praying for, you know, a healing in X, Y, and Z. Um, I just put my arm around them. Yeah. And I, I stand in agreeance with what they're praying for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of with you. I ultimately pray f- that they have peace over whatever the outcome is. Yeah. Because I understand at, I understand God's will is to be something that is going to happen regardless. Yeah. So, and I don't know what that will is. So, I'm going to stand in agreeance with them that they receive healing because I obviously b- believe that that is possible, right? Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. God still heals, but, um, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. Yeah. So ultimately, I am praying for peace over their situation. And but I, go ahead. Nope. Finish. I was going to say, and to that extent, I think that's one of the things with the church because. If somebody is coming down and they're being vulnerable, asking for prayer in a situation that they might not be exactly comfortable sharing with other people, mm-hmm. it's I feel like it's the church's responsibility and us our responsibility as Christians as well to protect that in the best way. Because yeah. it's so easy just to look at that person and say, we're going to pray hard right now and continuously pray and pray and pray until you get that healing. and it's easy to do, and that gives that person that sense of, okay, I'm going to keep praying about it. But the danger of that to me is, if that person never receives that healing, are they actually in love with God, or are they in love with the idea that God is going to get them out of their situation? Mm. And I think that's such a dangerous, such a dangerous mindset to put people in. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so important for us as the church to be understanding of their situation and be supportive but ultimately just not necessarily, I don't want to say it be realistic because when you say be realistic, that makes it seem like you all of a sudden completely abandon the idea that God can actually heal them and get them out of their, whatever situation they're in. That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. But it's with not just putting this idea in their head that God is going to automatically get them out of their situation and they just need to, and and that's something that is so dangerous that I've heard a lot of people, because I've heard a lot of people turn away from Christianity because they right. were like, how can, if God loved me and I was a person who was always good, I tithed at the church, I did everything at the church, I volunteered, I was always there, and yet I was never healed. What more do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is we turn Christianity from this religion that's a place of peace and comfort and love, a place where you don't have to earn anything, to all of a sudden we create a healing and we tie healing in with Jesus's love for us. And we say we have to earn that love. And that's the complete opposite of what Christianity is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think with prayer, there's a time to where, uh, you know, if, if somebody, this is more like, a, you know, if somebody comes up to you and you don't know who they are and they, you know, Hey, I have cancer. I think that especially for me, I, I ask the question, okay, are we praying for he- healing or are we praying for peace and comfort? Because uh, I, I think sometimes our churchgoers, I think that's something that is not taught enough, but like they need to have this understanding of the, the, the realism that is the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, there's a time to where, okay, let's pray for healing, let's pray for healing, let's pray for healing. But there is a time of, okay, that healing may not come. 
So let's just pray for peace. Yeah. Let's just pray for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, it's not really taught. Um, and and it, it's something that's just looked over. And, and I think that's a dangerous, oh, I think that's a dangerous thing. Well, because as soon as you start saying that, the first thing that I already know, because I've had it said to me, is you just have a, you have a lack of faith. You don't have enough faith in God. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, and then it goes into, that's, I've even heard people say, that's why you're not going to get healed, because you have that lack of faith. And it's just, like, that. to me it just creates Christianity to be such a dangerous Mm-hmm. religion yeah because if you're putting in your mind that all of a sudden you don't have enough faith in order to be healed or this idea of just this like you're not trying hard enough for you like that's just it's just so dangerous because it causes so many people to live a life in christianity based out of fear and not just out of you know the love that jesus is trying to give to us yeah mm-hmm. well i want to go back to uh what lucy was talking about for a second um how she you came out of the prosperity, name it and claim it. Yeah. Um, I want to, I guess, play devil's advocate. Not really devil's advocate, but what's what's wrong with that idea uh, of prayer, of the name it and claim it? Because you have scripture that's, you know, you have not because you ask not, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which is a real, uh, you know, proponent mm-hmm. for that name it and claim it kind of yeah. kind of gospel. So, what's the problems with that? Uh, the problems I saw was what people were asking for mm. specifically. And I mean, uh, everyone says, uh, God will give you the desires of your heart. You have not because you ask not. Seek and you will find. Ask the door will be open. Like all of those scriptures I've drilled into me as a child. But it kind of just got to a point. I was like, but what are you asking for? Yeah. Because I can sit here and I'm like, Lord, give me a new Maserati. Why? Like, what part, why do I need to claim that, and how is that going to be to the glory of God? Right. So it's more so what are you trying to claim? Now, I have no problem with people with mental illness or trying to claim God's peace. I'm like, God, give me peace. Bring me peace in this moment. Like, be with me. That's fine. Because in that, what you're claiming has already been given to you. Right. And that's not necessarily a, like, physical thing that can appear for you to be like god gave me this because he loves me more than he loves you right and i think it's just are you claiming things to better align yourself with god or are you claiming worldly items that can better yourself just materialistic so in that the problem i had with word of faith was the things people were claiming because i don't feel like some of them were genuine in what they believed they were saying. They were just claiming these outlandish things to try to, one, get them, and then prove a point. And I just felt like that was wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just want to, I guess, read that that text. Um, I'm going to start uh, with verse, let's start with verse 7. We're in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 7. So ask and it will be given it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Now, I just want kinda of want to stop there. That's interesting because most people mm-hmm. they just ask and it'll be given to you. And yeah. they stop. But like there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more like you gotta read the whole thing. Uh for everyone who asks receives, 
and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, if you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And then verse 12, And everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law of the prophets. Now, when I read that, my thought is not uh, material goods. Mine either. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When I read that, my thought is love, grace, salvation, mercy, salvation. Right? Like like the gift of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't read that and think... Oh well, I gotta go pray for a Maserati mm-hmm. because I'll get it. Because yeah. if I ask, it'll be given to me. Mm-hmm. Because my father get from heaven gives better gifts than my father on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't read it that. That's a very selfish reading. Yeah. Of the text. Mm-hmm. It's not a very uh, Christian reading, right? It's not a Jesus reading mm-hmm. uh, in any way. So I just kind of wanted to. I wanted to kind of go through that a little bit as mm-hmm. as to the issues. And I, I do agree with the scripture, the Lord will give you the desire of your heart, but the second part of that verse is for those who seek and follow him. Right. But if you're seeking and following God truly with your whole heart, the desire of your ch- heart isn't going to be a materialistic thing. Oh, yeah. So it's going to change. Well, I, I'd argue if you're truly following the Lord, mm-hmm. the desires of your heart are already met. Yeah, yeah. you're in a complete alignment. Right. And, and so that's that's the thing. They're like, well, it says he'll give me the desire of your heart. And I'm like, but what heart? Like, this is not, that's not the one. Like, yeah. it's the heart that's actively chasing God. Yeah. And you're going to find everything you want doing that. Yeah. And there's other, uh, ooh, before you move on from that, because I'd even argue in that same way, you know, what, what, whenever Jesus is praying in the garden, and we, we can look at it from a couple ways. What's the desire of Jesus' heart? When he's obviously, we can see that Jesus does not want to go through this, mm-hmm. and that's something he does not want to go be put on the cross before we even get to the cross. You know, Jesus doesn't want to get taken because he's going to have to go through beatings, he's going to have to go through public humiliation, then he's going to get put on a cross to die. Going to be one of the worst deaths ever that anyone could ever experience, whether from thousands of years ago to today. Still, that's just such an excruciating way to go out. So he's trying, that's where he's at in the moment, Mm -hmm. is he's trying to figure out, is there any other way that I can go through this? But as he is praying, and as he continues to pray, he aligns himself with what God wants, and through that alignment, he aligns with the desires of his heart. What are the desires of his heart? His desires are just to continuously love people, the people that are around him now, the people Mm -hmm. that hate him, and the people that we have today. His desires to continuously pour out for them and love them so unconditionally that's his desire of his heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And so does he ultimately achieve the desire of his heart? Yes, but it's only whenever he aligns himself through that prayer when he goes, you know what? Yes, it's going to be terrible, but at the end of the day, I'm going to get that's mm-hmm. that that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another th- way to just think of that same idea is the desire of Jesus's heart was to do the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Right? Whatever that meant. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um I mean, Jesus definitely didn't want to die. Yeah. And I would I would argue that it was not God's will for Jesus to die. Um, many people don't like that idea, but 
Um, I don't think it was God's will for Jesus to die at all. But it was a consequence of, you know, humanity being saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what the uh, desire of, you know, the Father's heart was. Mm-hmm. Right? The desire of the Father's heart was for, uh, you know, humanity to be reconciled. Mm-hmm. And the desire of Jesus' heart was to do the will of the Father, which was the reconciliation of mankind. Um, but no, that's a that's a great point. So uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, we're kind of speeding through some things, but um, we got to be out of here in, in a little bit. So we're just going to try to get some stuff knocked out before before we got to go. But I want to talk about Exodus 32. Okay. Um, (laughs) Not really a place where we see prayer, Mm -hmm. but it's where we see a uh, principle that people like to use in prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Exodus 32, we see have the story. I I believe it's 32. We have the story of where uh, Moses changes the mind of God. Mm. Um, and so God's going to wipe out, uh, the Israelites yep. for, uh, worshiping the golden calf, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. And Moses pleads for mercy and God gives them mercy. Oh yeah. And the argument, uh, that people make is that, uh, Moses, you know, changed God's mind through prayer. Yeah. And so people now have this idea that they can pray uh, and change the mind of of God. Uh, And so I'm just going to stop there and let let, let somebody else say something about it before I I just kind of start the conversation and then give the answer and end the conversation. I mean, I think we all are in that same boat, though, with this answer because when you— when you look at this, I, I want to jump back to our first episode where we talked about understanding um, kind of, I mean, we talked mainly about Genesis, but you can look at that throughout the whole Pentateuch or the Torah, you know, the first five books that we're looking at. And when we're looking in Exodus, you also have to understand that these stories that we're getting, this is not verbatim of things. This is still a highlight to show God's still Yahweh in these sense. Mm-hmm. So I still think that's important to understand this as well. And when you read this story, and I think you're going to, I know where you're going to go, so I won't say everything with it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you do know where I'm going to go because I, I are you going to go with the classic, uh, talking about going, God going back on certain promises? No, because oh. I was thinking about this earlier today and I almost have a different view hmm. after thinking about it earlier. Well, now today. I'm kind of curious where you're going to go. I don't yeah. even want to finish my answer. No, go ahead. Well, because when you read this, there's a certain aspect that if God were to completely wipe out all the Israelites and he were to completely take everything out, he would be going back on promises that he had said uh, to Abraham, you know, that he, this continuation and there are these different promises that he had built, set up. So that would make almost God going back on his word, which is a very problematic in of itself. Mm-hmm. And then if you really want to go into just kind of the obvious, if man 
as in Moses. I don't care how great Moses is. I don't care how, like, he's, you know, he's got a lot going for him. But if a man created by God, right, the creation telling the creator what to do and actually having that authority to change what the creator is going to do, that is a problem. That's a major problem because all of a sudden that means we're, that we are on the same scale as God. Right. And that means that we know what's better for our life and our situation rather than God. You know, the one that the scriptures say has known us before we were in our mother's womb. Also, it's, it's where we are more moral than God is. Yeah. Right. Like we're, we're just an all around better person better being and that's than God. that's scary to yeah. think about and i don't know about you whether people listening whether you believe in this i i hope we're not offending you please pay attention and listen i mean that's your beliefs we're not out to attack you this is just stuff that we have thought about a lot in conversations that weren't recorded but to me that if i if that is the god that i worship is a god that i can change his mind then i will be honest i don't know why i am worshiping that god because i would need god because i could do it myself yeah yeah it's true lucy your thoughts on oh, on, on this 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 uh <laughs> aspect of prayer uh yeah i mean i feel like when in those moments when you're praying and you're thinking that you're changing god's mind because whatever you see whatever you prayed for came to fruition and you think god listened to me i mean i don't necessarily think god god heard you right he definitely will sympathize with your pleas but i think in the action of praying you're not changing god's mind you're changing your own that's good yeah that's and really so good when you're praying for these things and then you're going into this like will god listen to me or will god not like he's he's hearing you he is participating in whatever you're going through but the prayer is not changing god it's changing you and i think that's why we still need to do it and the result of it if you're truly changing to be more like god the result of whatever happens is going to be well with you Right. Because it will. Well, you've come to peace with the prayer that Jesus prays. Mm-hmm. Not my will, but yours. Yeah. And I, I, I think once you come to peace with that, um, then your I think your whole outlook on life changes. Um, and, and I think your your ultimate understanding of God mm-hmm. um, changes. Yeah. Um, so my when I was thinking about this earlier today i was thinking about the um the idea of changing god's mind and how insane that sounds Mm -hmm. because god doesn't have a mind Mm -hmm. right how could you change god's mind when he has no mind Mm -hmm. to be changed yeah just the 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 simple thought of like changing god's mind is idiocracy. Um, that sounds harsh, but like God doesn't have a mind, so you can't change his mind. So I was thinking about it as this. You, God is uh, immutable, so he, he can't change. right? So when Moses is, is pleading 
to God. Pleading. Pleading? Pleading. Pleading with a D? Mm-hmm. I said pleading. When he's pleading to God, what we see is God in his fullness. So, you know, it is, okay, they're doing this horrendous thing, so they deserve judgment. And Moses uh, talks to God, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, prays, however you want to say it, and God decides to show mercy. So we're not seeing a judgmental God and a merciful God. We're seeing God, mm-hmm. right? God is God is 100% judgment, 100% love, 100% mercy, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so in that instance, we're just seeing God be God, right? So now, so nothing that Moses says. Um, so, okay, let me try to say it. I'm, I haven't completely fleshed this thought out because I just thought of it earlier today. So I, I definitely Moses is not changing God's mind mm-hmm. because he does not have a mind to be changed. But I do think there's something in that prayer of Moses to where we see the shift in from judgment to mercy. Mm. Right. We see this this shift from God being a, like. Because it is there, right? There's this shift of God, okay, I'm going to kill him, to, no, I'm going to let him live. But we're seeing, but we're not seeing two parts of God. We're not seeing God change in any way because God is 100% judgment and 100% mercy and 100% love and 100% grace all at the same time. So how is there a shift? Well, well, we see we see this we see the shift uh, in in the literature. Okay, right. We see the shift in the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, I mean, because it's it's written, right? God's gonna yeah. kill him. Moses, uh, you know, pleads for him, and then uh, you know, God doesn't. God shows mercy. Mm-hmm. So we see a shift there in the text. Okay, but I but there's not a sh- but there's not a shift happening within God. Okay, so there, there's. I don't know. Again, I don't know really how to how to verbalize this, but there's. I think it. I think there's something Moses does, that, that causes that shift. But God's not shifting. So if Moses never did it, God wouldn't have shifted. That I I don't like. That's where I'm not. I'm not sure where I'm at on. And maybe on it's just that. the language because there's a we can't exactly maybe because every time I hear when you say because I completely agree with the whole that you know God's 100 percent mercy, God's 100 percent justice, all that same time. I get yeah. that and I'm completely agree with you. But every time I hear the word shift, uh, to me all you're saying is well. Right, right, right. That's right. what I hear right. every time. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So that's where, like, I'm struggling with this idea of, like, well, I, I don't, shifting. I don't think there's another word. Yeah, I know. And I think that's the problem, just their human language. Yeah. Is we're limited by what we can understand. Yeah, but we definitely, and I, again, I don't even know how to say it without it having well, that connotation to it. I mean, in the the time and the culture, sin required a sacrifice. Right. So, I mean, it could have just been... God demanding the sacrifice for the sin. And through Moses pleading, he's like, okay. That's the sacrifice. They're not the sacrifice anymore, but now this has to be the sacrifice. 
I mean, yeah, that would make sense. Um, like, I don't know. That was just a thought that kind of came to me while I was driving in the car hmm. when I was thinking about this episode. Is th- my the the biggest point was the idea of God's mind changing is is stupid because God doesn't have a mind. I really liked what we talked about the other day. How the reason why it's written in that text and the way it's worded that way is it's not necessarily God allowing Moses to quote-unquote either change his mind or God shifting. It's Moses coming on board to the realization that, okay, I know you're not going to actually harm these people. Right. And it's bring it's a leadership and training yeah. moment for yeah. Moses, and so maybe that's what maybe that's kind of what it is, more or less. Um, but even still, I mean, and I hate asking this question because we don't possibly know the answer. But if Moses wouldn't have done that, right? If he wouldn't have gone through that training session, mm-hmm. w- you know, would God have still annihilated the yeah. Israelites? Um, I mean, my answer is no. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's something we, my answer is no because of the promises that he made. Mm -hmm. But I do just think it's a, it's an interesting cause and effect, um, thing there. But Mm -hmm. so, so the idea of, of prayer, um, you know, changing God's mind is, uh, you know, I don't like it because I think it goes, I think it goes back to the name it and claim it mm-hmm. idea Yeah. of, you know, I'm going to claim my healing, but if it's not God's will for you to get that healing, you're not going to get that healing. Like there, it doesn't matter how much you pray that healing's not going to come, at least not on this earth, mm-hmm. right? You will receive that healing when you, when you do pass on and walk through the pearly gates, but mm-hmm. that healing will not happen while you're on this earth. Yeah. Uh, and so when we, you know, when you, when you think about the idea of, of God's mind changing, that's what I, that's all I think about is, you know, it kind of back to what Xander said, if God's mind can change, mm-hmm. then we have more power. Yeah. In a sense. It than, makes us more rational than, than God, God does. Right. And that's just problematic. So, uh man, we've already kind of been going for a while, um, which is great because time flies when you're having uh, a good time. good conversation oh. and a good craft beverage. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, so we're about. Ha- I mean, freaking Xander's almost Bro, almost done. Where with are his. you at? Um, uh, I will say I love this. You're in the half between me and and uh, Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. So let's let, let's let's just a quick where we at with the with the beverage. Mine tastes, I wasn't a huge fan of it at first because it reminded me so much of a candy flavor. Okay. But the more and more I drink it, the more and more I like it, and the more and more I just want to taste it. And so. It's that sugar addiction. Yep. Maybe so, but it just has such an interesting taste to it. I really enjoy it. I'm a fan of this one. It's not Which is the first, sweet. you know what I just, I just, sorry, I just realized. Huh. None of us are going to be able to grade these other ones. Nope. Because we've just been downing them. That's the problem with buying a bunch of different ones. Well, I like the difference. I think it's fun. That's fine. I think it gives fun for the whole family. That's what happens when you buy them. We've always bought the same one for everyone. Well, I'm I enjoy 
variety. Variety. That's and fine. And the quality content. Well, this is, I like it. It's not harsh. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's not like overcarbonated. And okay. the um, prickly pear isn't like crazy sweet, but it is there. And it's more on the back half of the taste. Gotcha. And I really like it. This uh, Kickapoo, such a name. I was looking at the ingredients, and I, I'm I'm curious what y'all's ingredients say. Does y'all's beverage have citric acid in it? Yes. It does. It's yes. the last ingredient. I have citric acid as well. Okay, mine's it's the th- it's the sec third ingredient. Oh wait. Um, because I was wondering if that. I only have four ingredients. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I was just wondering if that's what the 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 kick was. The you know get that kick. That's not what citric acid is. Well, citric acid is is it's sour. Mm-hmm. So, I was mm. thinking that might be not always what the kick citric is. Citric acid is a preservative. Is it? Yes, because when I worked in a restaurant, we would get bags of eggs. Uh huh. Like you know the already cracked eggs. They were pre scrambled and they were bags, and the ingredients just said eggs, citric acid, because it's a preservative. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's just because it's also sour, because that's what they that's what they like put on the outside of warheads when you like dry to, it up to make them sour. Yeah, citric acid. The liquefied version of it's just a preservative. Okay, well, this doesn't say liquefied; just says <laughs> citric acid. Well, it and has it says, to be liquefied. We're drinking a liquid, and it says sodium benzoate is, is a preservative. It is also a preservative. So it has right. that marked as the preservative. Well, and then citric acid. And sodium citrate. My drink literally has carbonated water, cane sugar, flavoring, citric acid. It has four ingredients. Interesting. I was just wondering if it was that, that was that, get that kick. Because it does have a bit of a a sourness to it. Mm-hmm. But it it's not a it's not a taste of sour. You it's could just have like, more citric acid than It's just the feeling of sour, hmm. if that makes sense. It just kind of hits in the back of the throat weird. Hmm. Huh. But it's interesting. Nice. Um, okay, back to prayer. <laughs> I love the I love like the the mid good transition. The mid soda. The mid soda conversation. Um, we doing a mid soda read? No. No. We could though if there was any, uh, you know, if uh, you're Orca, selling out. If Orca Beverage wow. Inc. You is, literally have said every podcast. I don't want to do ad reads, and now all of a sudden you are saying if. Okay, I really, if, I really don't want to do ad reads, but I never listen to them. I always skip through them in podcasts. But if it's the sodas we're drinking, is it an ad read or is it just us telling them about the soda we're drinking? Like literally, what we just did could have technically in been an ad read. Ad. Surprise, it's just guys, that we've been getting Orca Beverage Inc. is is not a sponsor <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, um, that's what y'all think. So back to prayer. Well, on the no ads thing. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, Fine. please go to anchor.fm slash craft theology. Um, click the support tab and you can give to the podcast monthly um, or maybe one time. I'm not 100% sure how that works, but uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, just go there. That's anchor.fm slash craft theology. Uh, so prayer, I want to now move into because uh, like I said, we don't have a lot of time left, so we got to get out of here soon. Um, what is prayer for you? 
Who are you asking first? Uh, whoever wants to answer first. Just what is prayer for you? All right, well, both of y'all are staring at me, so I guess I'll go. Um, Well, let me pull up my laptop because I took notes on this. Do you want me to go while you get that up? Sure. All right, well, to me, prayer is it's a therapy session. It is therapeutic in a way for me to... In a way, like just how David does, it's a way for me to vent my frustrations, to engage God in a way where I can be very relational and honest with him, or God, I should say. And then at that same time, it's a way for me to align myself with God's will, whatever that may happen. It's a way for me to go, not my will, but yours. Prayer is therapeutic in a, because it is aligning myself with God's will. And that's why prayer is so important. Regardless of if what I want to have happen, happen, that doesn't matter because what matters is that I am aligned with God. And if I'm aligned with God, then I can get through whatever difficult situation I'm in or I can get through whatever happy situation I'm in. So prayer to me is all about aligning myself with God in a therapeutic sense. Hmm. Nice. Thank you. Lucy? All right. Mine's, I guess, more involved. I don't know. Um, prayer, I don't know. To me, it's 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 comfort. Um, prayer is something that's comforting you um, outside of the whole, you should constantly be in a state of prayer because I say that all the time to myself. And like, yes. However, when you're praying specific prayers, prayers of lament, prayers like needs, any of that, like when you're petition, petitioning God, it's a prayer that brings comfort, at least for me. And I know we've all said uh, Jesus's prayer, which is Luke twenty-two, forty-two, And it says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But uh, the beginning of Luke, and it's in chapter one, when the angel tells Mary she's going to have a kid. Um, she says, uh, chap- uh, verse 38 says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Or in other translations say, may it happen to me according to your will. And so reading that. It's almost the same prayer. It's exact. Yes. And that's. That's beautiful. It like hit me. um, I don't know. It was like a month or so ago when I found it. Because in this moment and in both moments after they say these prayers, they're with an angel. And the angel comforts Mary and then leaves and then when Jesus says this prayer, the angel, an angel appears to Jesus and comforts him. And then God's will is enacted. And the mirroring between the two prayers is so pretty that they're both reliant on God and that they are just going to submit to the will of God. But it also makes me think that when Jesus was growing up, he heard Mary pray this prayer. Hmm. And like he heard her say that over little things and things would happen and she would just say it's he's God and let it be unto his word and so when Jesus was in one of the most stressful points of his life he chose to reiterate the words of his mother to bring him peace and there are days when I'm freaked out and I'm extremely anxious about something and I can't figure it out and I pray things that my mother prayed I pray things that my grandmother prayed that I've heard them say to me before. Um, And oddly enough, when I started to speak in tongues and I didn't really pay attention to it because it just kind of happened. But then 
I grew up and I heard my family do it. Everyone in my family actually utters similar phrases. And like everyone in my mother's side, uh, like they're uttering sound very similar. And then like my dad's doesn't because I mean, he married in, but then me and my sister, we kind of have blended what they do. And I could be conscious. It could be subconscious. I don't really know, but it's the comfort of these prayers that have been passed down from generation to generation. And I think the fact that even Jesus mirrored his mother's prayer just kind of shows that prayer is comforting and it brings you peace as you are aligning yourself to God's will. And so prayer for me, outside of it just being the conversation with God to keep me with his will, it's that when I'm freaked out and when I pray to him, it comforts and it definitely brings me peace in the situations I'm in. That's beautiful. I don't know. Have we talked about that before? I know. We've talked yeah, about we've it. Yeah, we've talked Xander about it. Xander and I have. Because I don't know if I've ever made that connection between, yeah, I remember between the I two prayers. I don't even know how we were, we were on about it. But it was one of the, well, we talked like for a while about it. It's because you love, not my will, but yours. And I've always loved according to your word. And somehow we both said it to each other in the same day. And then I was like, wait. That's the same thing. And yeah. then I went and researched it, and I was like, Mary and Jesus are praying the same prayer. Like, I love unto your will. Like, And that's um, the version I grew up reading. It said, let it be unto me. Uh, let it be to me unto your will. Yeah. So fell in love with that. Yeah, that's nice. I really like that. Um, My thoughts on prayer. I love how we all kind of fall in the same camp, but it's just slightly mm-hmm. nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um. But my my thought on prayer is that prayer aligns uh, uh, aligns me with God so that I can be aware of what's happening in the world, hmm. right? Because everything that's happening in the world, uh, you know, is is God. And if my heart is not aligned with what God is doing, then I I don't see that and I miss it. Um, specifically, I miss the small things, right? And those are typically the more powerful things that, uh, you know, God is God is doing. And I think of the uh, story of the parting of the Red Sea. And it says four times in that story that the ground they were walking on is dry. And the word used there in the Hebrew, I'm not going to try to say it, but it, it translates to like a desert. Mm-hmm. So it's not just dry, it's completely absent of all water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we read that story of the parting of the Red Sea, especially in like your 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 children's church, you know, setting, the focus is on God parted the Red Sea so that the Israelites had safe passage so that they could be, you know, saved from the, the Egyptians. And the focus is on the Red Sea parting. But to me, the greater miracle that's occurring is that the ground they're walking on is completely absent of water. But that's mm-hmm. missed. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying it was missed by the Israelites because, we. I mean, obviously it wasn't. It was written down four times. But we miss it in our modern day Christianity because I think a lot of the way people view what God is doing in the world is they are looking for the big stuff only. They miss the small things. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, I pray, uh, uh, you know, I pray all the time, every day, 
because it, it is just a conversation with God. Most of my prayers are in the car, just talking. But I do so so that I can be aware of what's happening, even on the most, you know, minuscule of levels. Um, and, you know, a, a, a part of me really does uh, believe in, you know, praying for um, healing and, you know, the comfort that that brings people and the hope that it brings people. And, I mean, the idea that prayer doesn't change anything uh, is 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 wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want anyone to hear us saying, you know, prayer doesn't change anything, right? Prayer just comforts you, or prayer just brings you peace, uh, like the person praying. But uh, the fact that it does comfort you, or that it does bring you peace, or it brings another person peace that you're praying for, right? That is changing a lot, because somebody that's dealing with a horrendous life situation. Uh, that has no peace, but then gets peace from this prayer, uh, is a is a big change in in their life and in what they're going through. So, prayer changes things. Prayer definitely does not change God, or prayer does not change what's going to happen in the world, but prayer does change us as people, mm-hmm. um, and it makes us aware of what's happening within the world. Uh, specifically on the small things. Because I say specifically on the small things, and I'm kind of a big proponent of this, because if you're not if you're not constantly praying, then of course you're going to see the big stuff. Everybody sees the big stuff. Yeah. Right? E- the, the, the atheists and the agnostics see the big stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there are medical records of people who have, you know, horrendous diseases that are uncurable and then the next day Mm -hmm. like they're healed and there is no explanation for it Mm -hmm. right those are out there yeah um i saw one on the new zach efron Mm -hmm. takes on the earth or whatever it is down to earth yeah down to earth with zach efron they go to this place uh and there's a there's a there's a doctor that is that is that is there and his job is to go through medical records of people to determine if their healing is a miracle or not. Mm-hmm. And since, I mean, there's not a ton of them uh, and there's a lot of criteria to determining if it's a miracle or not. So you can go watch the episode if you want to know all that, but there's only like 38. Yeah. Right. But even if there was only one, right, that's, it happens, right? Yeah. That's to me, that's enough proof that it happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I kind of forgot even what I was talking about there, but oh yeah, so even like the atheists can see that, mm-hmm. right? They can look at that and go, okay, something weird here is not right. Like, like there's something there. Um, but unless you are constantly in that state of prayer, continuously aligning your will with God's will, uh, you're you're gonna miss the small things that happen. Mm-hmm. And the small things are happening all the time. Yeah. So that's where I'm at on prayer. Um, yeah. Uh, anything, any last thoughts on prayer? I mean, I just kind of said my last thought. 
Um, yeah, I know I did too. Uh, Lucy brought up the idea of tongues. Uh, I did want to talk about that because I think that's a, a another aspect of prayer that's important, but we don't have the time, so that's going to have to be another yeah. episode. We'll probably just talk about the theology of the Spirit or something, and yeah. we'll kind of, that'll be a long one we'll encompass. Going to hit the three Lelias? Uh, yeah, we can. But, um, anyways. Cool. So, uh, let's, uh, let's give these sodas a good rating. I don't even know if it's worth rating, because we all can't really rate them, but Mine gets an eight. Wow. Which is, I'm told you, I'm a fan. Based on previous ratings and what you give beverages, that must be a good one. What was that? I'm going to give mine an eight as well. Man. (laughs) See, now I'm the black sheep of the group. Um, I'm giving this like a five. Uh, (laughs) Whoa. Not a fan of the joy juice. I'm not. The thing is, you're very good at. He and talks you send it a up lot of and mixed then it's signals. like, it's a four. You send a lot of mixed signals. Mm. So Your poor wife. I know, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> it's just it's just weird, right? Here's why I give it a five. Okay. Here's me rationalizing it in my head. Is it drinkable? Yes. Anything's drinkable. And that denotes a five? <laughs> is it? Is it better than what I had last week? Absolutely not. Is it better than Dr. Brown's? Absolutely not. I mean, Dr. Brown's is like a nine. Um, oh, we had the blackberry cream last week. I had to think about it. Uh, but, like, I would not buy this at a store. Mm-mm. Like, That's even if I was... Very novelty. Even if I was there, and it's staring me in the face, I'm going to grab a Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not grabbing this. Um, so, that's why I give it a five. Because it is a good beverage, but it's just, it's not. I would order this. I would order if mine. If I saw it anywhere. I yeah, think I would as well. I, I'm not, like, I'm not even going to be excited. If it was like this. this, or I don't even know, like a cheer wine, I'm still going with that. Oh, uh, cheer wine would outwin this Kickapoo any day. See, that would bring up a very interesting one, because I love my cheer wine. And this is, they're the exact same. That's an interesting thing is between this one and Cheerwine, Cheerwine is much more of a soda flavor, whereas this one's much more of a, I wouldn't call it a novelty, but it's very unique. Yeah. I'd say Cheerwine's more consistent. Yeah, this is, I can't describe it. And a five is average, right? On a scale of one to ten, a five is right in the middle. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I, I, it's not bad. But that's a failing. See, that's 50 to me, is failing. No, to me, I, see, view, I view that as it's not bad, which would be a one. But mm-hmm. it's not the best, which would be a ten. I view average as six. Same. That's not an average. No, I, the I know. Average it's, I understand <laughs> what you're saying is skewed. Like mathematically, that's I, not I the average. I understand, but, but we're I think of six. A B C D F. Like fifty is failing. Well, okay. I think then, of a five as like you're okay. Yeah, you're not good. Okay, then you're I'm, in the I'm, lower half. I'm glad the scale has been further specified. I would give this a six. Okay. So you actually really liked it, then? So stupid. (laughs) Uh, That's all we got for today. Uh, We got to get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We love you all. Follow us on Instagram, Craft Theology. If you want to email us, that is crafttheologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us sodas to taste. Or Or any craft beverage. Tell us what you want us to drink. Whatever. We'll rate them all. All right. 
Bye, people.